0: Welcome, everyone, to Inside LAFC. I am Max. As always, a pleasure to be here with you wherever you're listening. If you're in the car or at home, relax. Not if you're in the car. Not if you're in the car. We're going to be talking to Todd Saldana, who is the director of the LAFC Academy. Obviously, it was a big couple of weeks for them with the debuts of Christian Torres and Eric Duenas and Christian Torres scoring a goal. Keep that conversation going. Really interesting stuff to address, not only about those two guys, but Tony Leone, but the process and the challenges in the era of COVID in developing young players. Cause uh, we are LAFC fans. We're part of the LAFC family and supporters. And we don't really have that connection to the city as much because it's a global team. You know, they recruit globally. They've had players from everywhere, every continent come to this squad, but we still have to have that connection with the city and the academy provides that with these incredible stories. Did want to talk about a few things. Uh, coming off the victory over the Houston Dynamo. Uh, this, this was part of the story, but obviously a, uh, a report of one of the players uh, getting a positive test within LAFC. And uh, we found that out during the broadcast and passed that on to you during the broadcast on YouTube TV. It's uh, something you, you hope you wouldn't have to say, but you can't put your head in the sand. This is our reality, and it's going to come to a lot of doorsteps, and it came to LAFC. And obviously, doing the game, I, my immediate thought was, well, I guess we're fortunate to have this, this game go on, and it was one, uh, was one positive test, and that player is being tested again. Everyone else, players and coaches, on the Tuesday and then the Wednesday, tested, everything came back negative. LAFC has been meticulous as, with this process, and uh, we'll, we'll see. We, we don't know. We don't know. But uh, that was something that uh, obviously came out of it, and you w- you're going to hear about it during the news cycle for LAFC. As for the games, uh, not, uh, as I said on the broadcast, not a, uh, a, a painting that you hang up in the Louvre, but it's still a victory. And looking at these two games against two teams, both playing at home, that you're supposed to beat if you're LAFC, and it was hard slogging, the game against the Galaxy, and then the game against the Houston Dynamo, two teams that will probably not be in the postseason. Certainly not the Galaxy, as they took another L last night, and uh, their uh, I mean their season now appears to be ending in November the eighth. So this uh. This is an interesting proposition, because after the game, uh, you know, Mohamed al maneer said, nobody's happy with this performance. Bob Bradley said, tonight's game, we look at as a lesson. And that's the interesting part, because I had Heath Pierce in the broadcast booth with me last night, and he made a point. He goes, yeah, this is definitely a lesson, but isn't it nice <laughs> to walk away? Everyone knew that performance wasn't good enough for LAFC. And they, they were fortunate at the end. They had that review, which was overturned. Otherwise, Houston could have possibly tied this game late. And we felt that way, that LSE doesn't shut the door. There, it's going to be left ajar for Houston to find an equalizer. And they almost did. The, the fact is that you have a big lesson here, and you still have a victory. So you can stew about it as they prepare for the earthquakes on Sunday, short trip to Avaya Stadium. And you can have the points in the bank as a result, which is got to be very uplifting for the team. Not, not, not uplifting, but you know it's there because it's much better than the alternative. And you know you're going to have the players' attention because they are aware that the performance wasn't good enough. We saw Carlos Vela come back. Uh, in a, it's still in a smaller role. Uh, it, was around, it was around half an hour. Right at the hour mark he came in. There was two moments where he got to stretch his legs out and you could see he still got it. He still got it. It looks like, I mean, it wasn't, there was like one direct run where he ran with Latif and then he shot from just outside the area. That was very promising to see him. Does he start on Sunday? Maybe. I think he probably comes off the bench again, but Bob has now got two games and the league did report now that there is going to be, uh, they're going to go, uh, the Colorado game's not going to be remade up, and they're going to go by a points per game tally. So, if it's close at the end and teams have games to make up, that data will be put into effect. That said, Minnesota has a slight edge over LAFC right now, and Minnesota and LAFC are the four and five. And that cut line is enormous because if you finish fourth, you host a game. If you finish fifth, you hit the road. And if you're Minnesota, you don't want to hit the road to LA. And if you're LA, you don't want to hit the road to Minnesota for the playoffs. It's a long, it'll be the longest trip for either one of those teams uh, here in 2020, outside of going to Orlando, obviously. So there's a lot there. And now LAFC are in fourth. The way things are happening, everyone won last night above them and below them. So you, you, you really need to get full value of these two team games if you want to finish in the fourth spot. Congratulations to Bob Bradley. He's not going to accept his congratulations. It probably doesn't register for him, but he got win number 170. He now stands alone, third all-time in Major League Soccer for wins, behind Ziggy Schmidt, the late, great Ziggy Schmidt, 240 wins. Bruce Arena, who has 217, still an active coach. And now there's Bob. And those are the three guys that should be there. Those are really the the three great MLS coaches uh, of all time, American or either. So there's a a lot to chew on. It's, we're in a good spot, and I know Bob Bradley and the coaching staff quietly enjoy this, that they have to fix things, that they have to work on things to get this team in prime condition. We thought we might see it last night. It wasn't there, and now Bob is going to squeeze that training. He obviously a short week here. Next week, they'll have a full week heading into the final game, which will be at home against Portland. We'll take a quick break. When we return, Todd Saldana of the LAFC Academy joins us. This is Inside LAFC. Subscribe. Rate. Review. Welcome back to Inside LAFC. Uh, It is my pleasure now to welcome in the director of the LAFC Academy and a good friend and occasionally a drinking partner. More than water once in a while. Todd Saldana. Hello, Todd.
1: Max. Good to talk with you and... Keep the
0: secrets to a minimum, all right? Uh, an occasional beverage, I think, is the right way to put it. I met, I met Todd uh, for a cold one outdoors, safe distance in El Segundo a little bit ago, and we talked LA Aztecs, talked George Best. It was, it was a good conversation. I mean, I could have a podcast just talking about those old USL days, and uh, it, it, George Best in particular, who I know you were telling me, was uh, this incredible figure that was liked uh, universally by everyone really in the league and when when he spent his time in the United States. Yeah, no, he was, a, he was a surprisingly cool teammate. You know, I think, you know,
1: you you meet a star like that. And I remember even the first days in the locker room watching him walk in and, you know, wondering how he ties his shoes and what he does different than the rest of us because he's such an amazing player. But, you know, again, I, I have a story I'll tell someday, but, it, you know, I can picture sitting at a Denny's having a Grand Slam breakfast with uh, him and a couple teammates reading the newspaper. And how regular is that? So just a very cool,
0: nice guy Uh, that way. Todd, there was like a a couple of guys in MLS circles who had these big big articles and everything about George Best and about his adventures all over Los Angeles. And I never remember reading a, a part about him putting down a Denny's meal. So that is... And I guarantee yeah. you, if they knew that, they would have included it. Yeah, this was in San Jose when
1: we were with earthquakes. So, yeah, no, very, like I said, so, you know, you're always a little surprised, but again, excited when someone
0: like that is so down to earth, you know, it was very cool. And just for the, the our younger audience, and I, I appreciate them tuning in just to get an idea about the size and scope of this talent. I mean, we, we always think of the greatest players and, and obviously his career was uh, uh, clouded uh, by some off-field issues. And, but this was a, a, a singular talent guy who uh, was at his, at his very best, you know, uh, among the elite, the, the five or 10 greatest that we saw, certainly in that generation, potentially over 30, 40 years.
1: Yeah, no. Again, I know he came here at a certain point in his career. So sometimes people, you know, say, oh, they're at the end of their career. What can they still offer? But, you know, I think from one of the highlight tapes, you see a goal he scored where he picks up the ball at half field and beats a number of players. And some of those players were very high level guys also probably won't name names, a little embarrassing. But, you know, George could still get the ball on the wing and diagonal across the field beating the team and scoring a goal all by himself. So he still had it. I think sometimes he needed a little pinch to, uh, to get angry enough to show his full extent of what he could do. It was always good when he got pissed off. It's like, okay, now he's going to, he's going to forget that his knees a little swollen and other issues, but now this is world-class, you know, especially when you look at the, you know, people talk about one V one ability, beating
0: people, no one. Forget it. it. When you yeah. when you got the ball and he was facing you, you're just hoping he passes. <laughs> <laughs> was that the goal he scored against? Was that the against the strikers, the Fort Lauderdale strikers? Because I was yes. reading, I was reading a book and I, I, I'll i mention the names. I know I mean, they're both broadcasters. Thomas Rongan was there. And I mean, he's yeah. he openly about what happened. He's like, I couldn't believe it. it was like a flash. And he went by and yeah. Ray Hudson think, was also yeah. kind of a, a spectator going, oh, my goodness, look at this. Look at this talent. Yeah. I think Thomas got beat twice in the same play. So
1: <laughs> Ray is class player, but was probably at the first part of George's run and
0: then was instructing after that defensively. Well, that's I'm glad we could talk about that. And this is an open forum, but uh, we obviously want to talk about the Academy and uh, it's right now with LAFC, all the, uh, the regulars are back. Carlos Vela's back. The internationals are back and uh uh, playing time will be a little more uh, challenging for the academy players, but they're still there. And I would also add that their contributions were, and we're talking about Eric Duenas and Christian Torres, their contributions were a part of this process. Were a part of LAFC uh, bridging this season together, getting points, getting a goal in the case. So, you, from your perspective, seeing what those two gentlemen did and Tony Leone, who's there and he'll get his shot to what they have been able to do since you've been involved from the process of them being, before they were teenagers in some cases, to now being full professionals. How did that make you feel?
1: Uh, I, again, I mean, just emotionally, you know, I, I the words that keep coming out, you know, we we lost our minds when we see these great things happening for these players in the moment watching a match. But. You go back to them getting signed, um, obviously that was an objective of the academy. So we were so excited that the first team wanted to sign them. But, you know, we know, you know, as Bob and John from the club will, you know, attest that it's a process. So we try to keep our expectations reasonable. But, you know, of course, inside the academy, we know they have talent. We know they have something to offer, but they've got to get their chance. And they also have to show it in training. It's, you know, first off, you've got to, show the staff that you can contribute. And so, you know, and that was the word you used. I mean, I think that was my one of my biggest joys was being on the roster is great, but seeing Eric come on, you know, have a first touch, an aggressive first touch, You want to get into the attack without any fear, see Christian take that shot and score. You get you you helped get the team points, you know, that's a very big step for a young player and academy product, you know, coming from our academy that is actually making a little difference in supplementing our roster this year in a, in a tough year. So that's huge because again, we can, and you see it, people are getting signed, they're signing young players. Um, but if they don't get a chance and they don't actually earn it and prove it, it's just nice, you know,
0: messaging on the internet. Indeed. And I, I imagine moving into next year and there's an incredible video, which I, 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 anyone who sees it, if they're parents or kids who see it, have to be drawn to participate with the LAFC Academy, and that's uh, uh, footage of Eric when he was 12, I believe, or even younger, mm-hmm. starting. And you know, this the, the idea of being a professional is just this is a glimmer in his eye, and you can you can viscerally see it. And now that you know the information that he was able to play, you look at this young man, and you go, is he going to be able to fulfill that, or is he going to have to defer it? And he fulfilled it, and, and seeing that video, it, it, it's overwhelming. Uh, the emotions you you feel because you see the whole process in two minutes. So yeah. uh, go check that out. It's on uh, it's on Todd's uh, Twitter handle. It's on the LAFC handle. It's the LAFC Academy. Follow all of them because you get a, a really good look at this league. But this is something that this that video, what they were able to achieve. This is something moving forward. You're going, hey, look, look what, look at this process. That's something in the scouting that you'll be able to to use moving forward. Correct? For sure. No, I mean, again, I think in.
1: The early days of the academy, we really didn't know what an asset we had also to have, you know, our people from, you know, the Brandon community, Richard Roscoe and, and his crew, Marcus McDougall, you know, Uli, some of the other guys that were with us, uh, you know, following us around a little bit in the early days and having cameras so close, I was concerned a little bit because, of course, these boys are just, you know, they're, they're brand new into this, all of a sudden getting so much attention. But I think you saw how they were reacting to it. You know, Eric has a little smirk on his face, kind of looking at the camera, but not really sure what's this all about. I'm sure the last thing on his mind was this was gonna come up in a video a few years later, you know, chronicling what he's done, you know, as now becoming a pro. So no, I mean, talking about the video, it's, it's recruiting gold, of course, but it's also, emotional for all of us i mean john and i john Thorrington and i were talking just the other day about it and he said the same thing he goes i could have bawled i could have cried you know if i wanted to it was that kind of emotion and i'm sure his parents did you know and uh eric probably did once he saw that because it was you know it, it was it was beautiful i hate to say it was beautiful but it's also any kid that has a dream and wants to see how it can be achieved it's perfectly you know
0: on video right there and i want to give credit to those and william walsh and will Absolutely. Will, will walsh and marcus mcdougal who 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 put put together like this nike commercial or adidas commercial what we've seen in the years past about yeah. this one of uh, this young man going there it was it was amazing you, know, you may may draw a tear and I, i've talked to you about about this and you know lafc is a cosmopolitan international team uh, in the victory against the houston dynamo they started 8 south american players so uh as much it is lafc's team but there is a a, a, there's a missing ingredient with regards to those local ties and that's fine this is uh you know manchester united doesn't have that kid from manchester or they do maybe once on occasion or or ac milan doesn't have the kid who grew up playing in the streets of milan and but that the local connection's enormous and you have it here christian is uh from uh San Bernardino County and Fontana kind of the inland empire. And then Eric is from El Monte, which is East LA. Yeah. Tony's from Long Beach. Yeah. You know, we, you don't don't need a geography lesson for me on that, but this is those connections. And uh, I know the supporters and everyone feels that was that missing piece. And now it's there and we can kind of, we can kind of fulfill the, the LA identity with the club. Thanks to these kids.
1: Yeah, I mean, we obviously, from the academy level, see it very much as our job. I mean, we are in the community the most, probably spread out the most, you know, throughout L.A. and Southern California, so we have the opportunity to bring that to the club directly from the academy. So, you know, it's it's our goal, of course, and we know, you know, there's an objective to have a very competitive you know, great looking team that plays a certain style of soccer. So, you know, our job is to, is to bring that to the club, you know, the, the days of, you know, sort of college recruiting and and that sort of thing in the pro game is, is, you know, starting to, to go away. So it's coming from the academies and, you know, those players are coming from our city. So, you know, our job is to really pay attention, like I say, to what Bob and the first team is doing. So we can create those players that can play for our first team and, you know, obviously we pay a lot of attention to the young guys. I mean, call them young guys, Rodriguez and and Rossi and, and say to ourselves, you know, we need to develop a player like that so they don't have to go to South America every time they want to find a 19-year-old guy that can make an impact in the league. So, you know, and I think Christian 16, right? So that's, you know, if we had a couple years with Christian the thought of him getting near the level of a Rossi and a Rodriguez isn't as far-fetched as it may have seemed before. Um, and even the others, Eric, you know, being able to, you know, compete and, and Tony at some point, you look at our center backs and, you know, you see some qualities and you think these are guys that could fill that spot. It's, you know, obviously great on the budget in some ways, even though, you know, they are supporting the Academy, but, you know, I, we feel very strongly that's our job. We need to put, those, those local players into our first team and they need to be ready. And that's,
0: that's really a lot up to us. And obviously, you know, the first team being open to it. There's always the, the, the dream that the next Lionel Messi is playing on a, a a dusty field in Santa Ana or San Fernando Valley. and That's nice and all. And we know that these, this is fertile ground, but how, how do you see the, the soccer scene as in Los Angeles and beyond that, it's, as we, you know, we, we could say uh, the Inland Empire and Orange County as uh, a place where we can not only unearth good talent, but maybe uh, a a talent that, you know, people talk about for years to come and maybe the guy is already there, but when you scout there, what do you see in Los Angeles that gives you uh, that, that incentive, that hope that the, you could you could possibly find the next one or two great talents. No, I, I think
1: it's we see it, you know, and I'll and I'll bring up, you know, Enrique Duran, our director of coaching. He's, you know, worked in different countries, started at FC Barcelona, and he's a guy that'll tell you also, you know, I I see it, he sees it, there is top level talent here, especially at the younger ages. And you know, somehow over the years they've sort of gotten lost in that that you know maybe teenage to early 20s age and some of it maybe is the system but the talent is there I mean again we're talking about Elena Messi and others I don't know you know if we can if we're going to get there but you know certainly when you see guys that are playing overseas now top level clubs you got guys in Juventus and you know Christian Pulisic you know there are players of that level in Los Angeles in Southern California so you know, again, maybe, maybe we signed three of them. We'll see. Uh, but there are other guys also coming up that we've got some very, very talented kids in the Academy. And, you know, of course, you know, our job is to create a great environment so they can flourish. And, and, you know, obviously this year with the pandemic is hard, but under normal circumstances, you know, we need to create a very, you know, a very create cre- a creative, you know, free flowing environment for players attacking players to flourish, but also very competitive and, we have that in LA. Um, I think it's building further with this new MLS next league. I think they're starting to put some infrastructure together um, that will get the right kind of competition weekly too. So it, it's, it's possible. I think you can, you can smell it now with some of these guys okay. going overseas and you see some of the guys we're signing and they have certain qualities. Um, and in our case, you know, we've got three guys that are 15, 16 years old. So couple years from now, watch out.
0: Uh, that is music to my ears, Todd. You, yeah. You mentioned where guys kind of, you know, they're on a trajectory. And, you know, the LAFC Academy's only been here for a few years. There was the Galaxy Academy. So what is that like where there's kids, say they're 14, 15, they have all the talent. And then what have you seen where they may move away from soccer or the, the resources? Historically, they're they're starting to get there. They are now serving with the Academy. But ha- seeing that where – a guy's playing soccer and then all of a sudden he takes a detour
1: well again i i think the the obvious thing that's happened recently is they see there's a real opportunity i mean of course having free academies where it's not about cost you know one close enough that they can get there uh and and have the levels to keep them in your system long enough so that they can achieve that because i think you know you see it all the time you see a guy that's amazing when he's 12 and then he disappears when he's 15 you see a guy that has ability and you're excited about it he's small he's developing and then at 16 he flourishes, and you go wow what an amazing player but he needs some more time you know I think in some ways certain players were getting lost in the college game because of the limits on how much they could play but with academy level you have now the discussion of an under 23 level in MLS and USL levels and a pro team I think you have the, a long enough pathway to keep those really talented kids engaged and feeling like they have a legitimate chance and, and more of them across the country. So, you know, listen, if they couldn't make it here or they weren't given the opportunity here, maybe there's another place they can keep playing before. I think it's like, okay, I'm, I'm 16. I don't see a pathway to the pros. I love the game, you know, but I, I don't see it. And even parents starting to say, Hey, listen, son, you know, there's, you know, uh, you're not going to make a living at this game. You need to think of other things. So I think there's a much better pathway. Of course, it's got to continue to develop. But I think if we can keep these kids in our academies, the talented ones longer, have the different levels to keep providing the right competition until they get there, I think you're going to see more, more players actually arriving, you know, come,
0: come late teens, early 20s to play at the highest level. Obviously, LAFC is a new brand, but it feels like it's been there longer. But what are those conversations like with families now that you, you know, LAFC has this incredible stadium, has this winning tradition where you say LAFC, you walk in with the black and gold. Uh, from the first day you started to now, how has that evolved? Well, again, we, we've got good things to point to because remember
1: when we didn't have the stadium and we were working out of the experience center, and uh, Mid-Wilshire offices. And, you know, I was, we were recruiting players, of course, at that time. And we we brought them to where we were working, you know? And of course, maybe at the moment, it wasn't super impressive as a pro franchise yet, but then we slowly moved over to the Experience Center and you see the model of the stadium. And we brought Tony Leone in there with his family and they start to walk through, you know, the Experience Center, what this is gonna look like and and, eventually getting him to commit to play with us with a lot of competition. But, you know, later on his parents even said, it's like, you know, again, not to pat myself on the back, but he said, everything you've said has come true. And, and again, I can credit the, the club for that as well. Obviously the stadium, the Academy, the opportunity for him, you know, all those things have come true. So you have people that can also help tell that story. I mean, we, of course, you know, in the recruiting, in player identification, we talk about all the things that we're doing at the academy, but now you've got examples. And it just, it makes a huge difference to be able, and you talk about Dwayne video and such. But, you know, it's it's become clearer and clearer. I remember at the beginning, even in the recruiting competition, people were almost denying that this was happening. I'd say, hey, you know, LAFC is here. Here's what we're doing. And there were other clubs saying, well, we'll see, we'll see. And I'm like, you can't really ignore our stadium in the middle of, downtown now or the things that are live and players playing in matches and, and what's on you know on TV now. So no denying it now it's easy.
0: Now yeah. <laughs> now your job's easy. Put your feet up.
1: Easier. <laughs> of course. No. no, it's it's funny you could say that, but I, I think one comment about that is that you know you see how and people have mentioned this, oh, all players must be so motivated now. They see what can happen for the player. Well, guess what the academy staff is like right now. And myself and Enrique and Tony Vigil, we now have a taste too. We're super, you know, pumped that look. Look what we can do, you know, with all of this opportunity. So we're we're like as wound up as the players now. When they see the chance, we're like, look at what we're going to be able to achieve here. All the work we're going to put in, and look what it comes out as. So we're we're as fired up and as motivated as ever because now. we worked hard to get to this point, obviously, but now we have that taste in these three players, as well as the group underneath that we're dying to, you know, expose to the club more and more. So we're as motivated as the others, you know, it's like, we're, we're like kids in the candy store now too. That's
0: all. And you've got to find the next generation and they're out there and that requires, you know, getting out there and uh, scouting, watching games, tons of games all over this enormous city of ours uh one thing I know you've I know the answer to this, but I would love to share it with the audience because you have uh this process with the guys that are in there began in the offseason where they were brought into LAFC and allowed to train. And yeah. in many clubs, they could say, Hey, you kids, go in the corner, go do these drills. Right. Uh just maybe one of our players will talk to you. And then the experience that you saw yeah. was had to have been mind blowing because you saw coaches, Bob Bradley on down giving individual time to these guys and these guys immersed with the other players. So is that something you expected or, and now that you saw it, how important was that role where the senior team incorporates them in such a way?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like we said, if, if you bring them in and it's just to show that there's a connection, but not actually put the effort and time into it, people will figure it out. And um, you know, obviously myself, Enrique, we, we watched all the sessions in preseason. We were right there looking down on the field and saying, okay, how's this going to go for them and hope that they perform well, um, hope that coaches want to spend some time with them. But it was apparent early they were being pulled aside in the sessions and, and given feedback and making, you know, corrections of their game, which to me, that's an investment, and, uh, you know, Bob has been great with us from the beginning, coming in and in, even investing time in the staff, but then when the players on the field are there, you know, they hear a comment from a Bob Bradley, of course, their ears perk up and they are listening, but the time that they put into it, and I'll say Ante and, and I mean, every one of the staff, you know, uh, Sorber and, and, and all of them put time into these guys. Kenny gave, you know, Tony attention, all the above, and I think that just gave us a great feeling that when we send them here, this is the way they're going to be treated. So, again, of course, exciting to get them in a session. But then to see them get coached um, was unbelievable. And now, again, it's another when they tell another academy kid, when you come, be ready. And guess what? If you make a mistake, they're going to pull you aside. They're going to talk to you. If you do great, they're going to give you a quick pat and get on with it. You know, uh, it's not going to be like just stand in the corner. And, and we understand the place that they have. There may be some days where, you know, they do just watch parts of training, but that's also part of the education. I mean, look at Leone right now getting to to watch our new center back. Man, what an education, because this is a quality center back that he can hope to play like, you know, even
0: that piece of watching can be helpful to him it's such a process and everything has to be taken in and in any walk of life, you know, experience matters and it doesn't happen overnight. So uh, it's good to see that they're, they're having that. I'm going to circle back here, but I wanted to talk to you about uh, the challenges of 2020 and and COVID and just on a personal level, you know, youth sports. um, It's a challenging time uh, at every level and sports are so important for every kid. My son is not going to be the next a uh, star striker for LAFC, but he's in sports. He practices twice a week and they'll have a game. He's met his best friends playing sports. He obviously, there's so many more positives, but that is off the, he's, that's off his plate for now. And, you know, I tweeted about this and there's places in the country they go, Hey, youth sports are going on here. But in California uh, focusing on this, uh, it is, it has certainly taken a lot of those sports off the table. So how challenging is it for you where I, I imagine maybe the Academy is one thing, but those kids that are playing at a younger age in, in leagues all over the city, haven't had that access. So how do you overcome that the best way you can? Well, I mean, we,
1: of course,
0: how severe is it where, uh, how much, how much less sports is being played in that sense? Yeah, I mean, again, of course, we're, we're all
1: paying attention to government regulations, and, and we have a pretty involved return to play with uh, with MLS. So it's been pretty pretty involved for our club, um, and we started training the boys immediately online. Uh, I think our thinking was, if we can keep them engaged and we can train them, there's less likelihood that they're going to feel they need to go outside and expose themselves to other kids and playing in other situations because we know these guys, listen, they are diehard. These guys want to play every day. If we have a day off, i have to ask some kids to take take Friday off because you're playing Saturday. Why don't you get a little rest? These guys will play seven days a week if they can. So you imagine the hole that that's left, you know, and fortunately, you know, we supported the academy in a way that our staff is still intact. We're training these guys you know, uh, almost seven days a week. I mean, every week, five days, you know, some days online and now we're able to train them outside. So we're getting together and training as a group. But no, I, I hear about, you know, games going on, road games going on in different areas and, you know, trying to keep our boys, you know, engaged with us so that they don't expose themselves. So we remind them, but listen, if you end up picking up the virus, you're out from everything we do for a while too. Even some, you know, online stuff obviously they're by themselves but we are now training as a group so they would miss that if they were to pick something up but I listen I sympathize because I was like them I I would have gone out of my mind not getting to play in a competitive way listen you go out in the street and juggle I love that we love you know learning new things and but actually competing playing with teammates training with teammates I I sympathize and like I said, our best chance is to keep them engaged with something. And like I said, every day they got a session with us pretty much, whether it's online, at least for that hour or so, they're working on something They're They're feeling like they're not getting behind. And I feel like at our level, that's a concern. They don't want to get behind. They don't want to lose that momentum they gained over the last years. Some of them just got here with LAFC. Some of them have been here for a few years and are smelling the future. and are afraid they're gonna get behind. So we have to kind of give them that comfort that no, this is, this is, we're pushing you as far as we can. And most organizations are following the rules and, and that's as much as they can do also, but they're worried, you know, it concerns them. We, you know, we've had, you know, other sessions, we had Alan Hopkins on to talk to the boys and encourage them. And we've had a lot of different sessions and, you know, tried to keep them
0: engaged in many ways we can. Alan, a very good friend of mine and uh, I'm gonna have him on here and we, we text uh, uh, repeatedly and he says so many wonderful things about you and you know he doesn't have to say that to me Todd you are you're uh, you're you're the goods and uh, it's interesting what you say because I can only imagine as these kids every minute they're away from the field they feel they're probably missing uh, or they're they're losing uh, something compared to the guys that they'll be competing with it, maybe it's just a, a part of their imagination saying all right if i don't keep up here and there and that's got to be mm-hmm. very difficult because these are these formative years where uh, it, it is so critical for their development but uh, it's challenging and uh, you know, like if if someone got covid and you have been on the rack for 2 weeks that's a that's all that's an eternity for these kids so that's a long time
1: no and that's and that's where like i said we do the best to keep them involved with us and in, and remind them you're you're doing everything you can and, um, you know, again, on one end, I'm like, listen, there's there's so much soccer and football on. Watch more games, evaluate yourself, evaluate the play, take advantage of it in a different way. You Listen, you weren't home on Saturday and Sunday mornings before. Turn on the TV and watch a top first-class match, you know, and, and I believe it anyway. I think even with our first team, but our boys, you know, they say the game's the best teacher. It's a great teacher. So try to remind them and even get them competing about the teams they like and thinking about, you know, different ways they can learn and and staying engaged and not going out and hanging out with a bunch of people and and exposing yourself. It's, but again, I I do, I sympathize and we do our best to keep an eye on them,
0: you know? Yeah. That's great advice. I mean, there's so much soccer on TV and it's going to get, it's going to get more saturated and I watch a lot, but Todd, don't worry. I still stink. Uh, I've watched maybe, I've, I've watched about, 30 hours a week, but it's not going to get any better. I still can't use my right foot. So there it is. Let's uh, Let's <laughs> <laughs> end it with this. And uh, just the reaction, the immediate reaction from the guys, Christian and Eric in particular, who got to play. Did, uh, con- did you have a conversation? Well, did something stand out about their experience where they were able to fulfill that dream of becoming and appearing as a professional? Is there something that was exchanged that you could see that uh that stayed with you from them or that yeah, yeah. i mean we've, we
1: you know we, we stay in touch regularly i try to keep encouraging them because i know there has been a period where they weren't playing and you know of course they're dying to play academy's not playing because they're young enough to play for our under 17 team. so you know but we're not playing so they have to everything they get is from their first team training so we have stayed in touch keep encouraging them you know remind them to be patient but stay motivated and you know, but after they got their chance, it's like, I I will say this. And it's probably why we're feeling so good about what we've done is they were, they showed so much gratitude to this club. And, you know, and again, it's easy for me to to say, but it's, you know, they were thanking us, thanking Enrique, thanking the club, you know, it's, it's everything they dreamt of. But again, the first things out of their mouth were thank you. I'm like, you know, listen, kid, you did the work, you know, we supported you obviously and pushed you. But, you know, they were so grateful because again, I think they're not sure at a younger age that this is really going to happen. And so, no, but their, their families were very gracious too. I mean, we got a lot of messages of, you know, thanks so much and, and the gratitude they had towards the club. And, and that includes the first team, giving them the opportunity, believing in them. I had, you know, one of them saying, you know, you were the, you believed in me from the first minute and here I am now. So those kind of things, you know, the gratitude, the thanks. I'm like, wow, you know, uh, I I would like to think I was that good a kid. I'm not sure, you know, uh, to remember to thank everybody instead of being so thrilled and so excited and so proud of myself in a way, uh, you know, that I don't know that I'd remember to thank everybody the way they did. They have been so gracious, but you know, again, I also remind them to enjoy the moment, you know, you should be proud of yourself. You should be feeling good, you know, uh, your 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 parents when they're telling you're amazing, you know what? Believe it right now, and then get
0: back to work. Yeah. That warms my heart, Todd, and that's uh, and I know that it's it's part of it's it's a step for them, and they're they're still moving towards getting to that point where you know they make a, a, a living day to day with this, and it's a uh, I'm I'm very happy that they were able to experience this with you and Enrique and Tony and that crew, and I know they're in very good hands. Yeah. Uh, hey, Todd, I appreciate you joining me, my friend. We'll, we'll, we'll continue anytime. this conversation there in the gundo here
1: at some Anytime, World. anytime. Offline for some of, the, some of the good stuff. But, you know, we'll need some editing for those moments in gundo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the way, and I said this, Elsa gundo, just a, uh, a shining star in Los Angeles because it's next to the airport people overlook. It's amazing. The da- I don't want people to rush there. The downtown area is great. It's, it's bustling. People are good. And it was the site of the Fred Sanford's uh, tow yard in Sanford and Son. Obviously they did that in a studio, but he said I was in El Segundo. So there you yeah. go. You know, it's good
1: good to be known for something. <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep it quiet here outside of Chevron and the airport, but uh, hey, Fred Fred put us on the map, but uh, no, it is it has grown a lot and it's become quite the restaurant row and uh, you know, I, I love it because I used to always say, you know, it's a poor man's Manhattan Beach. And so, and I see all the crew from Manhattan Beach coming on over now. They're like go. our restaurants, you know. You I go. run into some of our staff, you know, in the in the restaurants now. They, you know, I said, okay, well, high rents over there,
0: high, high, high mortgage. But hey, you like to come eat and hang out with us, yeah. regular people. And the best IP I have had at El Segundo Brewing Company, free advertisement for them. But I'm there enough. I'm enough. I'm there enough picking picking up a four-pack of Mayberry or what have you, so I could probably say it. It's worth a drive-by. Todd, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time. For everyone listening, appreciate uh, you tuning in. We're here to serve you as your LAFC fans. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and we'll talk to you very soon.